What's up? It's Solange here. And you're listening to Solo Star Radio with Von and DJ Avery West. Welcome back to Solo Star Radio. We are back yet again. Another week down. It's me, Avery West. And joining us back on the show, it is Trayvon. Yes. What's up? It is your boy, Von Charles. That's Sir Von Charles. I'm so happy to be back. Did y'all miss me? I missed you. I'm so glad that you're back because holding down the show by myself was, girl, it was a lot. I didn't like, I, you know, first off, <laughs> the biggest help that you have is always telling me about the recording. And I know why you do it is because there is this lost episode of the panel ATL that was never recorded. So I appreciate <laughs> when you're here and you're able to say, are you recording? Are you recording? Thank you. You're very welcome. You know, we got to look out for each other. So that's one of the reasons why I feel that, you know, <laughs> I need to be here. <laughs> but you did good. I heard so many good reviews. I listened to the episode like five times. You did excellent. It was really good. Thank you. I know you have great experience doing it when you was running the radio show at Georgia State University, but... Yeah, it's, it's different because even with doing the radio show at Georgia State and doing this, that is traditional radio. So we're not really having segments. There's not much of me talking. It's just me running commercials and talking about promotions and then talking about the next song. Thank you for also speaking on the fact that I'm actually a radio DJ, like actual DJ. This show, I actually have to speak and share my opinion versus album 88. I just played music and you know did that but i love that too and i love this so yeah but first 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 i have a question do you listen to music while you have sex is that a thing for you i do i listen to music while i have sex um i um usually turn it on youtube if not i play one of the playlists that i curated so you have like a music curated sex playlist I wouldn't necessarily say it's sex music. Um, I've curated a lot of playlists and it just depends on which one I want to play. So sometimes I'll play like a 90s R&B love playlist. I did, however, shout out to at Trade the Trade because I follow him on Apple Music and he actually created a sex playlist. It's called Claps, Clapping Cheats. <laughs> <laughs> clapping cheeks um playlist. I have not played it as of yet, but uh it's uh some really good music on there. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Just curious. I'm the type of I need some type of background noise. Anyway. Uh, but now it's time to get into the music news. So the very first thing that's on the music news is Ice Spice being signed to Nicki Minaj's new record label. Yes. How do y'all feel about that? How do you feel about that? Her being signed, you know? Because I feel like Ice... I feel like Ice Spice has had, like, a really short upcoming year for her. Kind of like how Glorilla, kind of the same situation. But, um, yeah, how do you feel about that? I feel like 
Nicki Minaj is going a little overboard about making Ice Spice the princess of rap. I honestly feel like she has not. What has she done? Like, I only like two two songs by Ice Spice, and that is "In Her Mood." She in her mood and smooch. Acting the smoochie or smooch. Now, acting the smooch is real cute. That's my T girl. That's the T. I can't. That's how I'm be acting in Houston when I go to Houston in a few months. I'm be acting the smooch. But I mean, I don't know. That's I'm not really familiar with this girl's this young woman's rise to fame besides her apparently have connections to Drake. So I'm not really, I really have no opinion of that woman, but I just don't see why. And this is not hating on anyone, especially a black woman, but I just feel like I don't get why she's as popular as she is and she's getting the opportunities that she is getting because y'all have expected more from girls who've given you more than what Ice Spice has given, particularly Sweetie, Lotto. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, My opinion is that Yes, I do agree with everything that you are saying. I do, however, know Ice Spice discography, and it's not big. So to label her as the princess is a bit of a stretch to me. I just feel like in this generation today, we just start giving people, you know, the icon of legendary status very early. You know, I hate to sound like the older generation, but in my opinion, that's how music is supposed to be. It's supposed to be where the person's supposed to put in the work, not just in one year, but pretty much in 10 or 20 years to deserve icon or legendary status. So to give her princess early, it's it's really, you know, it's really, really crazy. But we did the same thing to our artists back then. We gave Sierra princess of crunk r&b literally on her very first album goodies and we didn't know or expected sierra to be you know further into her music career the way that she is now and would you continue to apply that as her being considered the princess of crunk r&b does crunk r&b still exist in a sense like i i in my opinion and the girls are not going to like it. The bars may not like what I'm about to say. <laughs> but what I feel, I feel that Ice Spice is being used by Nicki Minaj for clout because Nicki Minaj is really out here trying to prove to people that she is the queen. And although I get that, I feel that at the end of the day, if Nicki Minaj was to close her mouth a little bit more, that in my opinion, I just feel like her her respect would be probably a little bit more broad rather than having a mixture of people loving and hating on her. That's just my opinion. So with this new part, this new... um. What's, what the hell are we calling it? This new deal. Is it a, if, if I remember correctly, it was a partnership. What exactly does this thing incorporate like for Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj? Yeah. So I was trying to do some reading behind it and what it incorporates, but I think it's just pretty much it's going to be Ice Spice main la- label before the actual 
distribution label itself. Because you got to remember that Nicki Minaj's label is technically considered independent if she's coming out with her own. I don't know if it's um, in in association with Cash Money Records or uh, what is Cash Money Records' um, label that they normally have? They are it's Universal. I, I forgot to. I I think it's Universal or Republic Records. However, um, regardless, I just think that she's using Ice Spice as clout to let people know, like, oh, I can get any girl that I want. Because she could have had signed, you know, other people. Why she didn't sign Akbar? Akbar is an independent artist, and she, Akbar recorded with her. You know, last year with that big song that she had, why she didn't sign her? Why did she sign Ice Spice instead? But maybe Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice have some type of connection. I could be wrong on my part, but it, I call it how I see it at the end of the day. And so I just feel like Ice Spice needs an LP at least before you title her princess or whatever the case may be. But I mean, shout out to Ice Spice in general on this opportunity. Like, this is big for her. Hmm. Congratulations to both of them. I'm not sure exactly why Nicki Minaj is behind her when she claims that the girls aren't rapping and all the girls should be running to the studio to freestyle for her. But who knows? We shall see what comes after Miss Ice Spice. And other news, Lizzo recently invited a group of drag queens, Candy Muse, Akira, Asia O'Hara, and Vanessa Vangie on stage with her in Tennessee to clap back at Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, who in February signed the legislation banning adult cabaret artists from performing from performing in public and or in the presence of children. Shout out to Lizzo for taking the stand. I feel I went to the People's Choice Awards last year at this point you know they was honoring Lizzo and are they doing it from the soul of their heart or are they just doing this to get recognition and, and that is what I questioned myself when it came to Lizzo at the People's Choice Awards learning about all the things that she did and how she even used that opportunity to shed light on other people who was doing great things right it's just the honorable thing to do but then it hit me that it's, it's kind of a conversation about role models when people feel like, oh, you have this platform and now you need to speak. It's kind of like that. It's like, at the end of the day, Lizzo understands that she has this platform, that her demographics and her fans are different from her skin color, blase blase. So I feel like Lizzo has been purposely making a effort or not even just an effort. She's been purposely shining the light on things that need to be shined on specifically with her performances and her shows and anything that's attached to her. So I'm, I'm just super excited that while this did make news that people like myself also are made aware because I knew about the bill in Tennessee, but I also didn't know that the, t- the band was temporary blocked in March, but it also, it just reminds people of things that, even shit like having drag queens at your show is technically is trying to be banned. So I I appreciate Lizzo for doing that. My opinion um, is 
probably the same one that you have. Um, Lizzo has been proven a lot of things, a lot of things in which wasn't necessarily a conversation in pop culture. You know, you know, starting to normalize the ideal of body image is something that she has done throughout her career since, since the very um, beginning of her being noticed. I just love that she's doing this and, you know, using her platform for good. She has always done that. I don't ever think that, you know, she's doing it for plot purposes. I really do think that when Lenzo does something that has ties to a political conversation, that she's actually doing it out of the goodness of her heart. Because I just get that from her. Her music speaks that in volume, and even more so, it speaks it into the character, who she is, and the things that she says in her interviews and things. So, you know, shout out to her. I love Lizzo. I'm always going to love Lizzo. I don't think I have anything bad to say about Lizzo, other than keep doing what you're doing, girl. Because the bitches are going to continue to hate regardless. Indeed. Question. Did you listen to Special by Lizzo? Yes. The whole entire album. You liked it? I loved it. I loved it. It was one of my favorite albums of 2022. Did you love it more than the, the album before? Yes. Interesting. Because it's the opposite for me. I, I think what it is with this album, she went towards a different direction. She was a little bit more vulnerable on, on special. She was more vulnerable. And that's what I appreciate most about Special versus the last album. Even though the last album to me has more hits than this album, I feel the more vulnerability side of Lizzo on this record. And to me, I felt like it was a really great record from the heart. Um, but I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, it, I, I would say it's not that her last album wasn't far-fetched from this album. I would just probably say, you know, like I would give Special a 9 versus I would give um, the previous album a 8.5 because it's not that far-fetched as far as sound for me. Hmm. Okay. I was just curious. Alrighty, so the next news is that Erica Badu had just announced her summer tour called Unfollow Me with um, Yasin Bey, formerly known as Most Deaf. Um, I feel like this is really cool because um, the reason why I'm even putting this on music news in the first place was because I remember Erica Badu talking about how she's a touring artist back in 2020 when she had came out with her virtual concert. And I paid for all three of them. Um, Cause I think one day was $1, the next day was $2. And then the next day after that was $3. And she, it was, it was worth, it was worth my $6. Let's just say that it was definitely worth my $6 of seeing her perform. Um, but touring is very important to Erica Badu as so, um, as so for a lot of um, R&B artists that aren't currently putting out music currently right now, but they're still relevant to today's society. And so, um, and then I haven't heard of most death in a while. Yassin Bey has, he actually announced at the One Music Fest here in Atlanta that it was going to be his last time performing. So it's just crazy how he is touring with Erica Badu. How do you feel about that? 
it doesn't surprise me because it is her I for, when she talked about her being a touring artist she also said the months that she worked and it is festival season and it's also time for Erica Badu to hit that road so it doesn't surprise me I love that she's doing a headlining tour I don't think Erica has done that in the last few years outside of an album because mostly she's a festival she's a um funk fest type of girl that's that's you know that's what she does she has scores but she has stops I would say more stops than what this seems like to be an actual tour so I'm really happy for her I'm really happy that her and most deaf is I'm gonna call him most deaf because that's who I know him to be um are touring together I think that is a very great match the music the demographics is 100% on point with that yeah, I definitely agree. Um, also, it's 20 years since um, Worldwide Underground, the album, has came out. This is the 20th year. And so maybe it was important for her to, you know, do a tour for that. You know, I don't know. I mean, but it's called Unfollow Me. Something that, you know, is typically, you know, you know, Erica Badu, she always has to have a theme that is unusual. Um but it's kind of cool at the same time that she calls it um, unfollow me. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. Shout out to her. Um, I'm going to try to buy tickets to go see her because I actually have not seen her in concert as of yet. So um, people say it is a great experience. It's, it's, not, it's like no other. And I think I'm going to try to do that because she comes here in Atlanta in June. So yeah, I'm going to keep you up to date on that. See what I do. Definitely. I've seen Erica one and a half times. I saw her many years ago with Eric. You know Eric, the trilogy. Oh, okay. That Eric. That, oh, cool Eric. Okay. <laughs> what? Hold on. <laughs> Who's the uncool Eric? Because if you talk about who I'm thinking about, I'm not even friends with him, so I would never talk about mm. oh well I guess if I was talking about past tense then me and him did used to hang out you're right mm. okay anyway moving on uh, clock back <laughs> but no um I saw Erica Badu for the first time with Eric it was amazing experience I also tried to see Erica last year and that is a reason point in being why I don't do one one day festivals literally it it it, it is literally lovers and friends and then smoking grooves um, they cut her set because you know curfew. So, yeah, Erica was really just getting started with her performance. What? You know what? They did the same thing to Joy, which is her best friend, um, Joy Gilliam. They did the same thing to her at Afropunk um, in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. We were. She was about to play her most biggest song, and they cut her off at the very beginning of her singing that song. Um, and she was pissed. She was so pissed. She probably won't even fuck with Afro uh, Park ever again. And I don't blame her. I don't blame anybody for not fucking with Afro Park. Like, I'm not telling you girls to stop fucking with her, but I'm saying that Afro <laughs> my sister has burnt too many bridges and there's nothing I can do for her. Simple point in point. I can do. My sister nothing has burnt do. too many bridges and there's nothing I can do for her. But uh, anyway. Dear Mama, the saga of Afeni and Tupac Shakur um, dropped on Hulu, which I did not know into literally like 
well, I guess it dropped last week, and I guess I noticed this weekend. Um, I did check out the episode last night before I went to sleep, and it was pretty good. Like, it was really good. I know a lot about Tupac. Um, my best friend at the time used to go to the Performing Arts Center program that he that his foundation had, and I wanted to be a part of it so bad, but I didn't qualify at the time to be in the program, but what were the qualifications i didn't even know there were qualifications for it i think you had to live for one i think you had to live in like decatur and i think you had to be like low income like it was something dealing around inner city kids and i oh it was something like that i don't know i didn't qualify my mama moved me out to Cobb county with the white people in the spanish (laughs) but i really wanted yeah (laughs) i really wanted to to be a part of it and i'm not saying it like i i was better i'm just saying she took me away from the niggas <laughs> when i should have been at the tupac <laughs> a more secure performing yes. arts center program indicator on wesley on memorial drive they have a documentary a docu-series about his mother and um it's supposed to be talking about how she raised him and her life and her impact the good the bad the ugly all the above Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be really good. Two episodes already dropped last week. So I assume another episode or maybe two episodes is going to drop this week. But it's a six-part series. And I think everybody should check it out. Whether you think you know or don't know enough about the artist himself, I promise you, you will learn so much. Are you a fan? Like, do you? Um, I am a fan of Tupac. I love Tupac. Um, I do think that he is fine as hell. Um, sadly, we did not get a chance to see him grow, um, due to the fact of his death, but I, I know enough about Tupac. Like, I know that his mother was part of the Black Panther Party. Mm-hmm. They talked about, about that in the that. documentary as well. hmm Um, I know that he moved around a few times. There was a movie about him a few years ago that gave me some insight on the ideal that Tupac has like a a relationship between the um, New York hip hop scene and the West Coast hip hop scene because of him moving around rapidly due to his mother um, and their relationship and everything. So I know about that. I need to, I really do need to check that out because I really would love to know a little bit more about, you know, the role that she played as playing the mother you know, behind some uh, a very, you know, big hip-hop superstar. So, uh, yeah, we're going to check that out. I'm, I'm going to definitely check that out. I got some homework to do. <laughs> there you go. Grab your pen and paper. All right. And then uh, I hate to talk about this because, you know, I brought her up in the last recording that I was doing. But, you know, of course, it's brand new news out. So while she's on tour on her in pieces tour chloe bailey um her brand new album in pieces only sold 10k its first week and everyone was blaming beyonce for this situation now let me tell y'all something because i had to sit on this album for two weeks when we talked about it okay um wherever i said I have about the album, I have a different perspective of it now. And the reason why I have a different perspective is because of one, I had to re-listen, like re-listen to the album all over again. 
And um, I still don't like much of the album. However, what I will say is that I've been listening to a lot of the interviews that she's been giving. And in my opinion, this is how I feel. I feel that Chloe took her time on this first album as far as being able to give us a vulnerability. However, I feel like she did it too soon. Usually when the artist comes out with their first album, they usually, it's usually, I've always say your first album should always be for entertainment purposes only instead of your fans getting to know you on that side. And I think what she was trying to do was trying to connect her fans to her heart and her mental health, which was, it's it's phenomenal that she's doing that, um, being that with all of this music that we have out today, you know, what album can you pretty much say has been a very vulnerable album from a female artist as far as like her talking about, you know, heartaches and breakups and stuff like that and her dealing with peer pressure. I, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think it's a phenomenally, you know, beautiful album. I would give it like a 6.5 out of 10. I feel like it does need some improvements. I felt like it needed more hits. But at the end of the day, I do not like that people are sitting here blaming Beyonce. I hate that people are blaming Beyonce. You have to also realize that Chloe is not only signed to Beyonce, but she is also signed to Columbia Records because of the partnership that she has with Parkwood. And I feel like the blame should be taken more so on the record label rather than um, Beyonce herself. Because Parkwood Entertainment, yes, is run by Beyonce, but you also got to realize that, you know, Chloe is her own artist. Regardless of who you're signed to, she's her own artist. That's like saying when Tiana Taylor, when you guys didn't buy Tiana Taylor's album, was you guys blaming Kanye West? Was you guys blaming Kanye West? Because you wasn't. You wasn't blaming Kanye West at all. So that's why I'm a little frustrated with like social media and why I have not been on social media for a second because it's just sometimes y'all say stupid shit. And one of the things that I feel like y'all have done is sat there and blamed Beyonce. I get that you guys are frustrated with Beyonce right now because of those visuals and because she is, has not given us another teaser of the tour. But, I mean, it's Beyonce. <laughs> you know? I mean, at this particular point, why do y'all expect Beyonce to do more than what she's giving? Maybe what she's giving you guys now is more. Rather, you know, because silence can speak louder than a loud noise. So that's just my perspective on that. Um, and some other things that we can dig deep into why that album did not do as well. Um, I think it's funny how her tour is selling out, being that her album is selling low, which lets me know that people who are going to see her probably did not support the project as much, but still would like to see her perform. And pretty much that's what she's going to make her money off of with this album. This is going to be more so her touring than the album sales itself. So, but 
you know, shout out to her. I, you know, luckily she has other avenues to make money, like she said. Like she said, she has other avenues. Avenues. Like, do she feel like it's a loss financially? No. And honestly, you bitches shouldn't be pressed or mad about it. And that's all I have to say. Actually, was blaming Kanye for that last album from t- not the yeah, last was? one. Which one you said? The last one or um? I I'm gonna tell you exactly what it's called. Oh, because I blame Kanye so much for that damn album, and so does she. Um, I guess keep that same energy, KTSE. Yeah, yes, but I was talking about the album. Oh, girl, she has the album called The Album, and people were blaming her, Kanye West, for that. But yes, I do remember KTSE. He being blamed because of Kanye. And I mean, in in retrospect, he the one who orchestrated the arrangement of the album anyway. So he was more hands-on. Beyonce was not hands-on or on in in um in pieces like Kanye West was with KT uh So that's why I still don't understand why people are sitting here blaming Beyonce. It's just it just seems like it's so easy to attack a black woman in music all the time and you know there are some things i do disagree on that beyonce does um but nothing recently that she has done to a point where you gotta blame her for uh you know chloe sales like come on relax beyonce has a whole album that is out right now she's concentrating on herself yes we're used to her you know promoting you know, Kelly and Michelle and Solange, you know, music, but she didn't do it for an artist that signed to her. I, you know, I, I just, I just feel like when has that become her responsibility? Why does that have to necessarily be her responsibility at the end of the day? And I saw Parkwood promoting, I saw Parkwood promoting a lot prior before the album came out. So I feel like at the end of the day, we really should be blaming either Columbia Records or the fans themselves because the fans, y'all could be really fake. Y'all could literally be completely fake and be like, oh my God, yeah. Like, I love the album and everything, but did you support it? Did you stream it more than once? Did you buy it on iTunes? If you're just buying a ticket to go see her, who the hell are you to sit here and feel like, oh, you know, you're a true fan because I mean, at the end of the day, how is she having sold out tour tickets if her album only selling 10K? Doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you feel real passionate about that girl because you definitely cut on a whole nother rant. Like, I did. <laughs> I'm just like, well, anyway, um, no need to respond to that. I'm just going to keep her moving. Um, for some lighthearted news, unless you really hate Nelly, um, Ashanti and Nelly was seen together holding hands at the Davis versus Garcia fight in Vegas this weekend, or yeah, this weekend, this past weekend. It's funny because I feel like they both have shared that there was a tension and there was no talking because the first time they had talked in years was at Versus. Congratulations to them. I never knew they was together before, like back in the day when they was actually together. I probably didn't care. No, I didn't know. Um, because I actually did like Ashanti like a lot. 
But anyway, congratulations to them. Sometimes you do need to circle the block with an ex, especially if the ex got some money. I'm not circling the block on any of my exes because they just don't have Nelly money. <laughs> they just don't have Nelly money. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, shout out to them. Um, you know what? I've always wanted Ashanti and Nelly to get back together. They were the cutest couple. They were their cutest couple. And I could have sworn she couldn't stand that man at one point. But they were the cutest couple. I think the reason why they did they break up in the first place was because he cheated on her. Was that was that the situation years ago? Don't get me. Don't give me the line either, child. But wherever the case may be, I'm really happy that they grown out of what, you know, whatever situation that they were in and they're being seen together. I mean, you know, they should date it again. Maybe they're just good friends. You know how Ashanti is. She's really private about her life. So, you know, she's probably going to go on some radio show and be like, so, you know, we're just really good friends. Girl, girl, we, listen, girl, don't, <laughs> girl, don't be ashamed if the dick is good, girl. Don't be ashamed, honey. <laughs> you know who else got back together with their ex and it, now this super surprised me but it makes sense because miss mama knows she loves a good marketing um scandal even if the if it doesn't work out who um jennifer lopez and ben affleck have circled the block when has jennifer lopez she ain't she's never really circled the block miss mama leaves the block immediately she can never stay single and she's always always dating the next big thing but i mean if she circled back to that man you know congrats to her i just feel like jennifer lopez no they they're they're married ain't they did they get married they're, they're married. married i think they're married I, now i'm going to check god damn it because i think they're married check. i think because <laughs> i they're like together together like mary mary that's crazy I mean, but you know, I, you know, I, I love Jennifer Lopez. I do. I just hate hearing about her love life. I really do. Because she's always Yes, 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 so yes, yes, yes. I you know what? God damn it, I remember it so much now. They got married August 20th, and they also got married in his Georgia home in Savannah. That was the gag. The bitch got married in Savannah, girl. Oh, that is the gag. Wow. <laughs> Congrats to them, though. You know, I congratulations, though. I don't have nothing. You know what? I like. I said I can't stand here in her love life sometimes. But you know what? Congratulations to her. You know what? Honestly, she is a woman that deserves love because we don't seen her go in and out of love so many times. But it's so funny. Again, you know, going back to the society, you know what they expect, how they don't respect black women because when Sierra was doing all of this dating prior before she met Russell. Y'all called her a, a home wrecker. A home wrecker. Yes. I don't know. That's the gag of it all. She wasn't wrecking nobody home or anything. And y'all y'all call her an industry hoe because she was sitting there and dating, you know, different, you know, people. She dated Bow Wow, she dated 50 Cent. You really waking the tea up. You know, but nobody says anything about Jennifer Lopez. And I'm just like, how? Because <laughs> she has dated just about like every A-star celebrity that you can think of 
but no one's saying anything bad about Jennifer. Y'all just happy to see her find love all over again and again and again. And why that couldn't be the same case with Sierra. But, you know, anyway. I want to be Jennifer. <laughs> I want to be you Jennifer. Know, Jennifer, she does know how to pick them, though. She does know how to pick them, especially with good pockets. So she ain't never dated a broke nigga. <laughs> never, never, never. That's one thing you can never say about Miss Jennifer Lopez, honey. I think the brokest person she probably been with was probably Mark Anthony. And the girls who are like deep dive in the Spanish community probably tell me that I'm lying. That he probably has actually more money than I think he does. But mm-hmm. I just going by the list of men I know she's dated, Mark Anthony would be the lowest of the totem and that's just me speaking outside of my neck even though he still has money right right yeah i mean she sits there and she thinks that some love don't cost a thing but girl seems like it does seems like it does honey <laughs> congratulations to you jennifer <laughs> all righty and then let's see this last oh goodness this last uh, you know, situation. You no, know, I was devastated. We just finished going through music news and I saw that Solange. So let me tell y'all, this show is inspired by Solange. Okay. So is y'all gonna hear a lot of updates about what she has done. Okay. So, you know, recently she has just did DAM. And um I heard that it was completely phenomenal. The best night that I heard was with the Clark sisters. And that's cool. And, and, you know, I'm excited, you know, that she had did that for the community. Congratulations to Solange on that, you know. Um, However, back in December of 2022, she was on the Apartamento magazine. And I have it right here on my coffee table of her showing her $725,000 $725,000 loft that she bought back in 2008. This bitch, and I'm saying it in a friendly manner, why this bitch that sold the damn Hollywood loft for $1.7 million. Solange has sold the $1.7 million loft in LA. But you know what? I have a theory about that. And I had came up with theory or why she sold it. The article, according to what I had saw, the article stated that she sold one of her properties. And you remember, like, months ago, we were trying to sit here and figure out if Solange owns more than one, or has she been renting, (laughs) you know, a lot of the properties? Because remember, she lived in Brooklyn, and then when she needed to record a seat at the table, she ended up saying that she was living part-time in New Orleans. But then she became a permanent resident in New Orleans, left Brooklyn. And then, you know, maybe like some years later, some people say that she lived in Jamaica. I don't believe I haven't received any particular like actual resource on that. I just think that she had recorded the album while she was in Jamaica. However, you know, she ends up showing us about this loft, you know, and this loft is beautiful. It's beautiful. Caffrey, you know, I'm not going to say he's a stalker, but he went by the building a few times. It's around the corner for where he lives. Oh, girl. But- Wait, hold up. <laughs> girl, tag, 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 you're not it. 
You're not going to start off by saying, I'm not saying he was a stalker, but he's been by the building a few times. That's not what we're going to do. Actually, if we're going to get into it, you found out which building it was. I went by the first time to verify. I sure did. And, and I lived I sure down the did. street. So I'm always passing the building. Don't make it seem like I'm outside her house looking for her, girl. Cause you're not gonna, you not, you not gonna do that. You're not gonna do. That. I heard how it was sounding, and it just didn't sound right to me. Caffrey is correct. <laughs> he is correct. <laughs> um, but I am. It's a beautiful loft, and uh, I just feel like maybe she just was not living in it, <laughs> and. I feel like her promoting this album, I mean, not this album, but her promoting The Loft on the magazine in December was a way or a selling point for her to sell the property. And honestly, it's a smart-ass ideal. When you're a celebrity and you have a property, what's the best way to sell it? Because even in the article, they said that our this building doesn't even get sold their condos this fast. But whoever bought it, they must have loved the person that used to own it and the storytelling of it. And it made me think like, well, damn, we should have probably had looked up and see if we can, you know, scratch up a little coins, you know, get a little loan, do a little owning fans, you know, to get the, the loft. Because I mean, like, I feel like I deserve that loft. Like it was beautiful. And um, they're showing more pictures. Yeah, on Breckshire. Um, you said how much the loft went for? 1.7. We could have did 1.7. You know, show a little hole or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, I don't I don't know about 1.7, but I think I I think I could have between that and a few um things I know how to do to get money, I think I could have came up with at least a few you bands at least i think i could have pulled at least 700k out my ass somewhere we did have and have we could have brought the property together we could we could i i had the 700k i don't know what you was gonna do about the other half but i had just um, i was gonna do something i was gonna try to <laughs> i was gonna do something i you you mentioned definitely a selling point um because i even said this why was she I just kept, did not understand why we visibly 100% knew exactly where Salon stayed down to where we could suspect the fucking unit to be. And it, it got me to thinking that Solange is on like, you know, she is a big celebrity, but she also has this, she, she has this level of security to where she could. But now that this came out, it 100% was all a ploy because who the fuck, and you kept saying it, it's because the sofa's coming out. In my head, I kept saying, why is Solange giving us information? It's that cancer shit. Your cancer energy should have peaked up. Cancers just don't give you information for nothing. <laughs> Miss Mama had to sell that house. And that's why she called a part to a part to mental. Or whoever it was, they didn't call. Her. <laughs> they didn't call her, and I just kept saying to myself, "This just seems very random." And I allowed you to sell me on the sofa coming out, but this makes one hundred percent 
But I'm also going to tell you, I think you didn't figure out why you didn't figure out how she didn't sell the house. But I don't think you were we're asking the question of why it the 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 article mentioned two things Um, to backtrack. What it said was that the article had a big impact, not only was it being a celebrity home, but the article itself in the professional pictures and the storytelling that she did for that house, for her condo, that helped people want to buy it, not just it being Solange's house, because everybody wasn't dishing out 700K to buy her house like we was going to try to do. And second, it did mention one of her houses, which led me to believe Solange is working on something that she needs collateral. Because think about it, she has her own record label, but you need money to do anything big. I think Solange is selling, because the next question is, why would Solange sell this house that she's had since she was 19? She needed collateral. Maybe it was time to let it go. Maybe it was time. Maybe the house had too much historical perspective to a point where she has grown out of it. Yeah, I'm not letting you sell me anything else. I, I I get what you're saying. That's what she told herself when she sold the house, but I think Solange is working on something big. Also, I think she moved back to Brooklyn. And the only reason why I think that is because, think about it, her ballet composing performance and her festival have both been in New York. So I think she moved back to Brooklyn. I think she moved back to Brooklyn, honestly. We may be going back to the true, the true era of when she lived in Brooklyn. And I got evidence to back up what you're saying. Because think about every time she released is a project. When St. Haran was really in this bag, where was all the events? It was in New Orleans because that's where she was living. That's where she was living. And you know what? She might still own that property in New Orleans. She oh, might still. the article says she still uh-huh. owns a property in New Orleans. Uh-huh. And probably that church, too. Remember, she, she used that church for her performance. She probably still owns that, too. Could be. I think because I think she ended up selling the Frank Ocean house. The one is really Frank Ocean's house. She bought it. I don't know directly, but she bought it somewhere between Frank Ocean. I think she sold that one, but you may be right. It said a property in New Orleans. So she probably still owns the church because I could have sworn she had already sold that New Orleans Frank Ocean house. That's true. Or, I mean, she still could have it. But I do believe that she's back mainly in Brooklyn. I do believe that. Or New York somewhere. It could either be Mm -hmm. Brooklyn or Manhattan. But she's back in one of those places because she has been doing a lot in New York this past, like, year now. So... Hmm, we'll see. Before we close out this topic, girl, are you coming to New York next month? I need to still get my ticket for both. <laughs> and I said I was going to do it randomly one day. I was just going to do it randomly. And the funny thing is, it's the week that I said I was going to do it. It's this week. So we'll see. We will see. I just, I haven't actually been focused on traveling. But I need to do it. I need to make a one-day trip and go up there and see her since we missed the festival. So. I'll be there, so I hope to see you there too, so. It's funny how you put this on recording because you want to make sure that I actually confirm that. And on that case, we'll be right back. 
Um, so we're back with our main topic. So today's main topic is actually very interesting, but it is, is the soul of R&B beginning to fade away? Let me repeat that again. Is the soul beginning to fade away in R&B? For years, society and media has been saying that R&B no longer exists due to the ideal of it not being considered as popular music. With hip hop and pop taking over, does the R&B movement still have a place in being alive? According to the cultural um, crypt um, from an October 2022 article, they answered R&B is in a very different spot compared to its 1997 commercial heyday. But would you agree? I, I'm going to actually start answering this question off to DJ Avery West. I wanted to see what his opinion is, and then I'm going to share my opinion afterwards. Um, I just, I want to know, what do you think? I kind of, I, I agree with the article um, that it's in a different spot compared to the 97. But I don't think R&B music is dead. I, I don't, I don't think R&B music could ever be dead because R&B stands for rhythm and blues, right? I don't think rhythm and blues music can be dead. Um, I think, if, yeah, I don't think it can be dead. What I think is happening is I think the same thing that we've had with rap music that we had with rock music, that we have with all these genres, these major genres of music, is that new people start to come in and they change the sound. It sounds different. Same thing what they said about rap. Everybody is a mumble rapper, allegedly now. So I think that's kind of what the R&B is now, that the sound has changed. And on the flip side of that, I think the money that record labels was putting into R&B music has died. I think that has died um, because now what we talk about, pop and rap music, those are the two that generates pretty much the most money. Well, rap music has was always hip hop and rap music was always the number one selling genre, if I'm correct about that. Um, and then now they're the hottest thing you can make money off of pop and rap immediately according to like tiktok all these websites you can pop off and i think what is happening is that r&b music has taken a back burner to the side and on has taken a back burner to the side from the record labels as far as the money that they're putting behind it. But I 100% believe that if a record label put just as much money as they're putting into a rap artist, into a R&B artist, and go back to um, that development stage as far as production, working on actual, actual artist development, that we will have people that sound like R&B is still alive. Okay, okay. You know what? I can agree with you. I feel like in many cases, when it comes to the producers of today's timing, are they inspired, inspired by the previous producers 
that was pushing R&B. I do not feel that a lot of these producers nowadays push R&B the way that it should. But you got to also think about the politics in music today, you know, what's being pushed and what's usually being pushed on the radio all the time. It's hip hop and pop music because it's the most popular sound right now, you know, but also what did R&B have back then that moved people versus what it doesn't have now? And in my opinion, I just feel like it, it has something to do with the music industry in general, because usually the music industry, in my opinion, they push what is hot and what is not. And who's to say that they know exactly what is hot and what is not at the end of the day? Because we've seen so many stories how artists will say, oh, you know, I, you know, my record label didn't want to push this because they didn't feel like this was hot. but then end up seeing like numbers on the records so at the end of the day is the music industry themselves are pushing away r&b simply because they feel that it's not a money-making machine like it used to be anymore because i also feel that the fans want more r&b we continuously say we want more r&b to be pushed out and forward to us the other thing that I also was talking to um, my guy <laughs> um, today about was about Neo Soul, you know, um, and the clarification what we give Neo Soul. Um, and I feel like this goes right into this conversation because a lot of people say that Neo Soul does not exist anymore, but you know, there are artists such as Ari Lennox and there are artists such as uh, Lion Babe, who's, who claims that they are neo-soul artists. Um, Hiatus um, Coyote is also considered neo-soul artists as well. But a lot of people say that, you know, is neo-soul the same as it used to be? You know, when we had Erica Badu, uh, India Irie, Maxwell, Jill Scott, Vivian Green, uh, Music Soul Chow, um, Hendrick and the, and the family soul, I can name so many of them. Um, there is part of Neo soul, but you know, today, who can we include in that conversation? Um, like, it's funny how like Lion Babe say that they're Neo soul, but I don't connect their music to being Neo soul. But then Solange music sounds more neo-soul, but she doesn't identify her music as neo-soul. But Ari Lennox is a neo-soul artist, but they say that she's contemporary R&B. So where do we draw the line on what is considered neo-soul and what's considered R&B? But... Also, in many cases, I just, you know, I don't even feel like R&B is dead. I just feel like people aren't listening to the actual artists that are coming out with R&B music nowadays. I understand that everybody wants to do their own thing and create their own sound, but I feel like R&B music is what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to evolve over the course of time. And rather if it's popular or not, at the end of the day, I just feel like we... The listeners have to give those R&B artists a try, a chance. 
in order for them to shine. Otherwise, the shine is just going to continuously be built upon the hip-hop and pop artists. That's how I feel. Yeah. I just feel like exactly what you said about the record labels. I think we need... I've been... You know, I'm, I stay on these record labels. Ass is baby. I just feel like... And I, I know... I. To go in it a little level-headed to say I don't have a million-dollar company and I am over if it falls or do well, you know. But what I do believe is that I would love to see record labels stop. Let me see how to say this. I would love to see record labels stop 100% pressuring artists to do stuff and kind of just allow it to happen. It's it's the same thing that SZA went through. It's the same thing that a, a lot of artists go through when they have like songs who are, that pop off and they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that song would pop off. It's because I feel like we're in a time now where music marketing cannot dictate what is hot. It can make something hot, but it can't dictate what is hot. I... I 100%, if I have enough money, can get an artist to a number one spot. I can do that. That I can 100% do. What I can't do is allow, make a whole group of people love a song. That is, that is something you can't predict. You can, you can say, oh, this is a hit. But think about songs like um, Celine Dion, the song that she did for Titanic. No one can sit there and say, oh, this is going to be that. This one's going to be it, girl. This is going to this is going to stay in people's brains. That is something that you cannot predict. And I think the problem is that record labels have always depended on ability to shift the nation and what they listen to. But because we've become sort of this free-minded people because we have we have tools like Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We have platforms where people can form their own decisions and join in other people who have the same opinions as them or versus differently. That now it's kind of hard for a record label to control that it's not going to be good on an album. You know what I mean? Like certain things, 100% yeah, have it. to just play out and you just have to see if it, that is about, you know what that is? You know you know what it is? It just it hit me. There was a time, and I have a bunch of vinyls here in my house, single vinyls, um, single tracks, where it says promotional items only. And what, what that is, is that is when the record label would distribute these records to DJs to play on the radio, to play in clubs, to play at places, to test out what people think about these songs. They don't do that no more. What they're doing, streaming this stuff on SoundCloud, playing it on TikTok, and blase, blase. It's not getting a full interpretation of what this is going to be. You're not getting full feedback because you do have those things that is like, oh, it's a new Nicki Minaj record. Let me listen to it. Hate it. You know what I mean? It's not fully playing with people and you're able to see how they react to this music. That's just my thought. No, it's definitely true. 
Um, I definitely totally agree with you 100% on it. Um, you know, I just, we can also go into other details about what they're singing about in R&B nowadays versus what they did back then. But you know what? Music moves just in the same pace as history, as human history. And what was hot in the 60s and 70s and 80s is not exactly hot what it is today. And so it's what we attract. It's, you know, it's what we're attracted to nowadays. A lot of hip hop and pop music is going to be considered more popular because those are the artists that are dri driving the music industry at a mainstream pace. Um, which why I think there's so many artists like Dunja Cat who says like she's not going to do pop anymore. She's going to go back into hip hop, or why you have Taylor Swift, uh, Swift who went from country to pop music, or why you have Beyonce, you know, um, testing the dance um, music era because, you know, in many cases R and B itself just isn't as relevant as it needs to be anymore, but artists are now finding different genres and avenues of how they can experiment in music. So, I mean, uh, do I, the main question is, do I feel that R&B is dead or is it irrelevant? No, it will always be around. Do I feel like it's making a circle back? Yeah, in some way it is, but I think that we just have to sit back and just see what happens in the next few years with R&B. You had said something that was very interesting, which was um, creativity and experiment. I think a lot of times artists can experiment more. And this is something that now you, you said something about with the times. I remember when rap, when you did have the mumble rappers, it was like, oh my God, what is this sound? It was like, oh, this isn't what hip hop is. And now it's very interesting that you do have people that who do hip hop and rap and pop that have the ability to experiment with sound and different music. And I think R&B is in that place of where people are trying it, but there is it's in the beginning stages. I feel like you said, Taylor Swift has more create creativity now that she crossed over to pop. And I think Beyonce herself had more creativity when she actually went to dance. I I get why people easily say Renaissance is one of Beyonce's best body of work. Not her best music, her best body of work, because it is different. It is just a different sound. Is You'd be able to experiment. And I think that is because she did go into a whole new genre. And I think when it comes to R&B, we're so stuck on R&B is supposed to sound like this, it can't sound like that, that for artists to really play with it, they have to lead the genre instead of being able to say, no, I'm going to be an R&B artist and this is what my R&B music is going to sound like. By the way, I have always said that Beyonce is an R&B artist. I think she still is one because a lot of her music does backtrack to R&B a lot. I mean, listen to Plastic Off the Sofa. I mean, it got a Grammy for best R&B performance, you know, on a dance album, you know? So she's, in my opinion, I feel like Beyonce continues to keep R&B alive, even when she's crossing over 
you know, and she's letting artists like SZA continue the route of R&B. Although I do not feel that SZA with this brand new album is leaning on the R&B side. I, I feel like it's more pop. Even with Chloe's album, like, well, she she never actually indicated it being an R&B album in the first place. She always said it was more of a pop album anyway. But what do you think is the last big commercial R&B album? And if commercial. you are, and if you are going to say Ari Lennox, don't say Ari Lennox. Um, no. But yeah, big commercial album that came out that is an R&B. Uh, big commercial. Big. That's hard to say. What has been big these last few years? Okay. I'm going to say Summer Walker, her latest record. Still, <laughs> what is it called? Still what over it. Still over it. I would say that's the biggest. I'm going to say one of the biggest I won't say the biggest albums, but I would say one, one of the biggest, yeah. No, well, I'm I'm gonna say one of the biggest artists that I think has recently put out a really good RB album. Well, one of the biggest RB artists that has put out an album um that I think is is RB is Kalani. I think Kalani does a great job and I think she she tiptoes okay. in pop. She does. But I think her last three projects has been literally R&B. Um, While We Wait, that was, that that got me to understand that Kalani can do R&B. I think While You Wait, While We Wait was R&B. It was good until it wasn't, was an R&B album. And then Blue Water Road is also R&B album. I just, I was just curious. It was a question that I was asking myself as well. Um, but I just wanted to hear what else you would say. Cause I do think there are there's there's the girls out there that are doing RB albums. I think um Giveon did a, a good RB album. This is out yeah. there. That's when people say RB is dead, I'm like, I can give you commercial people and I give you indie people. I I, I don't believe the, the drama is dead. I think no, what they're missing is a support and backing of a record label and fans. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Cause it's been, you know, it's been a lot of RB albums that has released, you know. Um, When I Get Home by Solange, RB album. Kalani's um records, RB album. Kalila, RB album. Um, Scissor Control, RB album. That's funny um, that you say, um, Kalila. Um, R&B album because the the word on the street is the, the girls are going up for this last album because it's a dance album and they felt like the last two albums particularly the last one she got away from um dancing with R&B I will be inclined to agree because I'm reminded that I met her on like a dance R&B vibe but she's really a dance girl which is why I'm not in love with this last project is because I need more of the R&B elements. And this last project is 100% dance. Okay, I agree with that. It definitely does have a lot of dance records, but I still do feel that it's still the R&B album. I still feel like it's old Kalani. Everybody Kalani has a different... Who, who's talking about? I mean, not Kalani, K Kalila, sorry. Okay. 
missing the case. Um, I feel like Kalila Kalela, because some people say it's Kalela. 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 <laughs> I feel like she has always been dance R&B, you know? Who, you know. <laughs> That's a tough subject, honestly. It really is a tough subject because I'm a big fan of Kalela and a lot of people are and I feel that it's an R&B album. I think that it, it, I feel like she went back to her uh, Cut For Me roots. You know, because that's still is my favorite project by Kalela. It's her very, very first mixtape. Um, but I mean, you know, to each his own. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, I'm I'm a fan, but you know, I ain't finna defend her like I do with Solange. So, you know, but shout out to her, I guess. But I mean. You know, it is a lot of R&B projects that are put out, out here. And you guys just have to listen. You just have to listen to the records. I mean, there there's just so many, I mean, to, you know, to really backtrack on. And a lot of these artists are smaller artists, but they should be appreciated more because they are the ones who are continuously letting R&B be alive. And if you guys are not supporting the records, of course you're going to think that R&B is dead because all you hear is hip hop and pop on the radio. But we know that music isn't just formed on the radio. It could be formed in other other different places, you know? And that's just that's just how I feel, you know? Another art uh, album that I felt like was a really good R&B album was Flying Lotus. Fly Lotus actually comes out with really good music. Um, and I always felt that for them to be a producer, they continue to keep R&B alive. I thought that was going to be Katriana's and Katriana's um, perspective, but he does a lot of like hip hop, dance, pop, R&B mix type of music. And I was, I usually, in my defense, I always feel like he will be the person to be next on the line when it comes to R&B producing. Um, but he kind of, to me, is like the Black version of Calvin Harris. Wow. Wow. I'm offended for him. Really? Oh, for him. <laughs> wow, Katrinata is the black, black version. Mm -hmm. I disagree, and I, I'm going to tell you why I disagree on that so wholeheartedly. I, I get that he sounds like Pharrell Williams, like he will be following that path. But I, in today, I just feel like he is the black version of Calvin Harris. I mean, think about it. I, I see, I see how you got there, but I. Respectfully, I think is miseducation of Katrinata. Oh, okay. Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> Educate me. Um, I am a student of life. That is why I feel like that. Because I feel like what Calvin Harris does is Calvin Harris, and I could be wrong too. Someone somebody could be chet making me. But I feel like what Calvin Harris does is that he makes music not always specifically for a artist, right? I feel like when it comes to Kei Trinata, when Kei Trinata 
makes a song with an artist, I can only hear that artist singing it. They're like, th- think about the Kate artist. I mean, not the Kate the Calvin Harris. Like, it just sounds like anybody with that tone could have sung it or been on that track. When you think about um, 10%, that song was created in collaboration with Kelly Uchis. I 100% can feel it. I feel her elements in there and I feel his. I feel that about all his. But specifically, K. Trinata produced, K. Trinata fucking produced Shaylia's um, album that she just put out, which I love, not just, but one of her albums he produced. And he, I also spoke on this on the earlier show. He produced IDK's Simple album. Keitranada will produce and create and curate a sound with the artist. I don't feel like Calvin Harris does that for everyone. So to say that he's the Black Calvin Harris, I get why you would say that, but I want to, I, to even to get why you say that, I also feel like you say that because you're not familiar with Keitranada's work and how he creates songs. I am familiar with how Keitranada works. I'm familiar with his songs. I'm Calvin Harris? But that, how? I'm not comparing to the sounds that he does, what Calvin Harris does as far as producing versus Keitranada. I am preferring as far as everybody wanting to do records with Keitranada in the Black music community just as much. See, that's the gag. Everybody does not want to do... Everybody does not want to do... Keitranada talks... Wow, I really sound like I'm going to say it over here. But Keitranada talks about a, a lot about not being able to do music with people he wants to do because they don't want to do it with him. Or is this whole thing... I, I get the, the girls run for a Calvin Harris-produced track, but they... It, think about who Keitranada works with he always worked with smaller artists outside of when he worked with mary j Blige. but it's it i i'm just i feel like i get what you're saying but two different apples to oranges girl apples to oranges i get it no no i i definitely get it i mean i can't i won't compare them musically because calvin i wouldn't even give them the same yes but i mean you got to look at it you got to look at it from a black and white perspective. Yes, they're two artistically different producers, but that's who is the, Keitranada is the producer, the black version of that in his own rights, in his own way. I will give Keitranada a Robert Gla- Glassford. Is that how you pronounce his name? No, I would not give them that comparison. They do the same. Hold on. No, I will Hold not on, give that Trayvon. The comparison. They no. do the same thing. Robert Glassford does it within the neo-soul jazz era. And on top of that, I do okay, not Okay, so it's a different ever- sound, but it's literally the same. It's the same structure. They create songs together. It's the same. Now, 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 now. It's a, it's the same thing that you're saying in reverse. Yeah, the sound is different, but they cre- they I they're more alike than fucking Calvin Harris, girl. Okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I feel like you're lying. We no, 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 no. I see what you're saying. I still, I still am going to go exactly what I said. 
But I see what you're saying when you do put Robert Glasper and uh, Kate Trinata into the same room together and you want to like, and then you put Calvin Harris on the other side of the room and then you look at all of their discography and then you're like, oh, okay, I, I, I get that particular part. But from a mainstream perspective, I still agree to what I said. And that's just simply because Keishanada is like the producer to do exactly what Calvin Harris was doing with other artists. Though those artists were bigger and though Keishanada is doing it with smaller artists, in my opinion, those smarter artists gets discovered simply because of Keishanada's sound because of how big he is as far as the producer is concerned. And that's pretty much the same thing that happened with Calvin Harris. That's what happened with Calvin Harris. That's why I said that it's literally, they are, he's the black version of that. I can see how this can be an offensive statement. It to, is so to, offensive to I can see, me. is it? It, it is so offensive. I feel like it is so well, offensive. And that's why I have a fashion degree. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm really upset that you feel that way. And I'm just like, oh, I can't believe you feel like Keishanada is literally the one. Oh. I have to stand no, on done. what I believe I in right now. I may feel some type of, I may feel differently later on in, the, in our recordings. But currently, right now, as I stand, at this particular time, April the 25th, this is high. What, what, hold on, what's today? April the 25th, that's how I feel. This is how I feel. Okay. Um, last question before we move on. What is your favorite song or project by Kate Trinata? If you have one. Mm. And you don't use that damn Solange song, you the girl. <laughs> no, what's Solange song? Cranes in the Sky. He has a case not a... Oh my God, not me knowing something more than you. I no, 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 no. I was... I was, yes, yes. I was yes. thinking, I'm thinking you're talking about an actual, like, original recording. Because to me, that's, okay. the, that's, yeah, a, I am. that's a remix recording. <laughs> and I am, you're right. That's why I was making sure you wasn't using it. No, not at all. I always try to stick to the originals. <laughs> um, and it could be a case you're not a produce where he's not, well, he ain't never been on. Not to, he ain't never sung on the track. Maybe you're right. <laughs> Wait, maybe you're right about the Kava Harris. He ain't never sung. Do we, do we know what case you're not He wait. Does it? He just produced. Wow. He made. He just produced. Like, that's why I said it. See, that's why I said it. That's why I was like, "Don't be so offensive on that part." Mother, both of them don't sing. You ain't never heard him bust no vocals by no Calvin Harris. I don't even know how that man sounds vocally, and neither do people know how Katrina uh, sounds because he's mostly half produced. They're produced. He is the black version of Calvin Harris. Now, it does sound offensive, but when you now put the connection of why I think that, it's because of that reason. It's because of that reason. But I can also see why you included Robert Glasper too, because Glasper, 
Robert Glasper also doesn't do vocal either. He plays instrumental as well. But I, he's on a different, in my opinion, he's on a different path because Robert Glasper, in my opinion, is not considered mainstream. He just, he's literally not mainstream at all. Half of people don't even know who. Yes, I believe that Kate Trinata is more mainstream. Because of the artist that he, I mean, he literally did stuff with the internet and Cali and did all of these different hey, records on, with the internet, artists. The internet is definitely not mainstream. No, literally. but they're, to me, they're more popular than the artists that Robert Glasper was working with. Robert Glasper was working with um, Jill Scott, Erica Badu. Of today's Whoa. time. Of today's time. Ooh. I mean, he was working with a lot of people of today's time. Anyways, he's working with he Pharrell. with Nora Jones, Alex oh. Isley, Denzel Curry, Harris Martin. Hmm. Anyway, you may be right. My favorite no more. song by Kate Trinata is actually two of them. Girl by the internet would be one. And the second one is Be Your Girl with uh, Tidra Moses. That's not original Kate Trinata song. It's not? It's Tidra Moses' song, girl, and he remixed it. Oh. I don't want to hear anything else from you. Let It's time for break. It's time for break. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back <laughs> we're back and um we played a few we played a few k Trinata jams so trayvon can listen to k Trinata, some original k Trinata production Ooh. um and it's time for a game trayvon you got a game for us today i'm excited for this I do. I have a game it's actually an r b game um I'm super excited about it. Um, I am actually just going to answer you the questions, um, since you don't have the questions on your side, um, but I'm going to actually answer the questions for you. Now, this is a multiple choice question, so you have options. So it should be easy. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's really like a simple five game, five question game, literally. Um, so here it is. All right. So the first, um, question is. Usher and Alicia Keys had a number one R and B hit. <laughs> yes, my boo is right. Oh, okay. sorry. I guess I could allow you to actually for the people who are actually playing along too. Sorry, that was rude. Um, the question, the full question. Well, I've already pressed the next one, but okay, my boo well, is correct, and we're moving along. There we're we moving along. All right. So the next one is. Andre 3000 Benjamin and Antoine Big Boy Patton are also known as A, Outlaws, B, Outcast, C, um, Odyssey, or D, The Outsiders. Oh my God, I can't decide. <laughs> <laughs> um, Outcast? Of course, of course. All righty. Um, Denise Williams sang this duet with Johnny Mathis becoming a number one pop song in 1978. 
Was it called A Whole New World, Reunited, Baby Come to Me, or Too Much, Too Little, Too Late? Can I get can I get the whole question again? Denise Williams sang this duet with Johnny Mathis becoming a number one pop song in 1978. Was it A Whole New World, Reunited, Baby Come to Me, or Too Much, Too Little, Too Late? Reunited and it feels so good. That's your final answer? No, is that is 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 that is 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 that an option? That's the song. That's an option. Yes, correct. Okay. Um. Okay. And then another one was what's another option on there? It, it wasn't the first one. Uh, what was the first one again? A whole new world. I don't think it was that. Um. What's another option? The baby, come to me. The song I'm thinking about, Baby Come to Me, does not sound it, like it, Denise Williams. It doesn't yeah. sound like a D Denise Williams song that I'm singing. And then what's the other option? Or is that all the options? Too much, too little, too late. Oh, that's a lot. Um, it's either reunited or too much, too little, too late. I'm gonna go with reunited. Let's see. Let's see if we got that answer correct. No. It was too much, too little, too late. I know it was one of the other. It was one of them. I also need to play that song. Keep going. Yeah. Alrighty. So the next question is King Floyd, a New York, a New Orleans singer, songwriter, had a number one R&B hit in 1970 called King Floyd. A New Orleans singer, songwriter, had a number one R&B hit in 1970 called A, Groove Me, B, Let's Groove, C, The Groove Line, or D, Groovy People. Damn, I thought it was A or B until I heard Groovy People. Um, I'm gonna go with Groovy People. I feel like I know a song called Groovy People. Okay. Mine is probably going to be um, Let's Groove. But let's see what's the answer. Osley Brothers Let's Groove, though. It was Groove Me. So I was right? No, no I said Groove Me. Both wrong. Mm -hmm. hmm, I don't know this. Me either. Alrighty. The next question is which TL song, TLC song, was not a number one R&B hit. Which TLC song was not a number one R&B hit? Is it A, Baby, 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 1992? Was it Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, 1995? Was it Creep, So I Creep? Yeah, I'm just creeping on another 1994 or no scrubs. No, I don't want no scrubs. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. 1999. 
I appreciate you singing it. I don't understand why you wasn't being able to sing the other stuff when those was the options, but thank you for singing it Ooh, now. the shade. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm going to go with Baby, Baby, because I feel like the other ones have to have had a number one. Um, but Baby, Baby is the... Yeah, I'm going to go with Baby, Baby. I'm going to go with that, too. Let me see if that's the correct answer. No! Don't wait, 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 don't even tell me yet. If it's not baby baby, um creep. No. Okay, tell me. You got, I know Candy got a number one hit on those scrubs. It's waterfalls. Wow. Maybe it it, 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 it had debuted it at number two. <laughs> I mean it was a big song, but it, it could have had debuted at number two instead of number one. Well, damn, if it would have debuted at number one, they'd at least been able to buy them a little, um, some tires for that Jeep that the record label <laughs> bought them back in the day. <laughs> funny, but I'm just sad. Oh, that was a cute right. It was. It was cute. It was just five. It was just five questions. I hope that you guys love the game. Um, the app is called, um, it's called R&B and Hip Hop Quiz. That's what the app is called. So, you know, check them out. Download it on your, you know, Apple or Android, you know, store. Probably more so available on Apple, you know. Not downgrading the girls on Android, but I don't know what goes on on, on the Google App Store nowadays. So, it is available, however, on the Apple um, App Store. So much shade. We're going to take a break. We're going to play Baby Baby since... Clearly, they already had a number one from that one. Um, and we'll be right back. <laughs> We're back, and it is time for a new segment of the show. And the segment of the show is going to be called On This Day in Music. So when you all listen to the show, uh, regardless if we recorded the day of the show, the day before or a few days before, our on this day in music will always be the day that the show airs, which will be Tuesday. So on this day in music, which is April 25th, TLC member, and I thought this was very ironic that you, that question popped up when on this day in music is also about TLC. But anyway, on this day in music, April 25th, 2002, TLC member Lisa Lefta Lopez died at the age of 30 in an automobile accident while shooting a documentary in Honduras. Oh, mm. Do you remember this day? I do. I remember it just as much as I remember Aaliyah's death. Um, I was really shocked that day. Um, I was... Um, I was about eight years old. And I was at home watching BH1. And VH1 was the one that announced the news. And um, then I think the documentary, I don't know when it came out, but I know I was still young when it came out about her filming in her, 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 her Doris. And um, it's really tragic. I, it's, it's, it's something that I've only watched once. And... Um, yeah, because they actually show 
her being in the car those last few minutes before she got into that accident. And I think it was it was three other people that also passed away with her too, right? Mm-hmm. It was other people. Or was she? It was other people. No, it was it was other I people. I think Aaliyah was the Aaliyah was the only one who died right in the plane cars. No, nine. Oh well, girl, I'm sorry. Let me just shut up. Her security guard was also there, um, and the pilot and some other people that were there. But um, yeah, and I remember this the security guard for Leah's death because he was trying to protect her um when the plane crash happened, and he was the last person who pretty much had the ability to say something before he passed away. Yeah, I know. It's in a book. Go read it. <laughs> it's in a book. <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy, right? But yeah, you know what? At least the crazy thing about her passing away, I always say this. Black would have been much of a really big, successful girls group, even bigger, if she stayed alive. Because, you know, it was her who had put Black together. And Black had explained it when I went to this music festival in 2012, a festival that I was working um, in. And I met um, all three members. This is right before the third one of the members had passed away. The one that people always say that she was kind of like twin-like to Lisa uh, Left Eye Lopez because she was like the rapper of Black. Um, And she too had, I believe, passed away in a car accident years later after that. Um, But they talked about how there were big plans for Black before uh, Left Eye had passed away. And it really sucks because Black was like that girl's group. Like when they came out um, with their album, you know, it really set the bar for Left Eye. You know, she was trying to start her own record label also as well. You know, she had came out with her own album, even though it was only selling in Japan. You know, um, you know, you know, Sonny still has, he has a whole entire copy of that album. Of course. I feel like Sonny is like an Atlanta historian. Much yeah. like I think Rob, I tell Rob Milton all the time, he is literally a music historian. That is, aside from music, like singing and performing, he also needs to do that. <laughs> that he can do in his sleep. But I 100% feel like Sonny is an Al- Atlanta historian himself. <laughs> for what? Yes. He is, he is. Shout out to our friend, um, Sonny. We love him so much. He loves Atlanta culture. And so one thing about him, he's always going to be, you know, on it. he's going to know everything about Atlanta. Trust and believe me, he is zone six down. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I was really sad about that. How did you feel? What did you do on that day? Um, I don't remember what was happening around that time I don't know what happened but I remember I remember like yesterday because there's the whole story about it my uncle stayed in Hidden Hills in Lithonia and that is also where Lisa Left Eye Lopez stayed I did not know that she stayed like a few houses down from my uncle and I know this because I remember hearing her die her passing and I think either we probably just came from out of town I don't know I gotta think 2002 I actually think that's my aunt's 
wedding or something. It was something about us being out of town and we came back and we was dropping my uncle off or coming back from his house. And I remember driving down the street and seeing like a bunch of cars and I looked and it was, um, it was T-Boss coming out the house. And I was like, oh my God, like as a kid, because I mean, I speak about being from Atlanta, but I also speak about like loving music and loving Atlanta music. So I remember seeing T-Boss coming out the house crying and I was like, oh my God, is that T-Boss? And it, even as a kid, you eight, so I'm probably like 10, 11, maybe 12 at the most. Um, I remember seeing T-Boss and it hit me. I was like, oh shit, that they must've was leaving Lisa Lisa's house. Like they was going over her house or whatever the case may be. And I remember going back to school and like telling my teacher like, oh my God, Lisa left that Lopez died and she stayed on the street as my uncle. I remember that day like it was yesterday because I remember passing her house and seeing T-Boss come out the house crying. Um, Yeah, it was a really crazy day. And I that too remember, so crazy. I remember watching a documentary. I've seen it probably, I would say two, three times max or probably clips, but I know I've seen it in this entirety once. It's kind of freaky. Like it really scared me to really watch it because you're literally watching the last days of someone's life. But I think the knowledge that she spilled in that fucking documentary about the music industry, about love, about um, self-love is just so powerful. And I hope everyone can boost up the strength and the energy to watch it because it's very educational. A lot of people didn't know that she went down there to do that film. She didn't tell people at all because there was a point where people thought that she was missing at one point. Not even her TLC members knew what she was. And she tried to keep it a secret only for that to happen. And it's just so crazy how that ended up happening. I mean, um, girl, yeah. I'm a, he who not, he who shall not be named. I mean, she also spoke about who she was meeting with and she was teaching yep. under mm-hmm. at that time. So, girl. We will not speak their name. No, we won't. Because that's a whole nother conversation. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it is tragic. Her iconic um, her iconic um, perspective in this music industry still lays the ground to this day, I feel. People like... Um, Baby Tate has said that she was heavily inspired by um, Left Eye and what she has done. Um, we have other artists like Dunja Cat who said that she was also heavily inspired by Left Eye. So my thing is Left Eye has left an impact in this industry. And, you know, she did a really good job and she was really reaching for the stars of her artistry. And so I felt like I've always told people this, but I felt like Left Eye would have been like the rapper hip hop version of Solange because of the way that she was going spiritually. These comparisons are very interesting that you have. This it's very interesting, I, I must say. <laughs> but I that's how I, I feel though I feel like she was she was going to be like that girl 
you know, um, because her music was definitely in the same elements of, you know, being free and, you know, not just talking about what was on the radio on the status quo, but the things that she really wanted to, you know, rap about. And that first album, I listened to it. It's really, really good. You know, I, I'm, I felt like it would have been a big hit if the record label gave her a chance to sell that record. Um, because they did her the same exact way that they did with Khalees with Wonderland. They felt like they didn't understand the project. They didn't feel like they didn't know what the project was about. So they basically shelved it in America and gave it to people overseas or in Japan. And, you know, it's now records. Those two records in general are records that we could have heard back then because it was it was it it had a solid foundation to it that was you know um too few too few futuristic for the music industry at the time i would say you know so this is how i feel but you know shout out to her rip it's um 21 years since she passed away it's crazy it's crazy to say that she had a um or she has a sister. Um, her name was Rain Lopez, and I met her, you know, that this was like we want to talk about me being in the scene. This was like years ago. Like I too like, met her. Like like not even and when I say this, I mean not even on like no industry shit. Like this was just like being around just creatives at like a creative, like you. You know, Atlanta has like industry events, right? Atlanta has industry events and yes. then they have like shit that you just know because you know people in music or, you know what I mean? There's not even an industry event. Like people ain't even on no take pictures. Like people are just, that's what I love about Atlanta that it's just super chill. And I met her like at something like that. And um, I remember talking to her and she seemed really cool. And um. I follow her Instagram and like, I, I think a few years ago, I went back to try to find her. She hadn't posted and, you know, I had research and I couldn't find no information about her. But um, I remember at the time that she was fighting so much for her to the rights of her sister's legacy and wanted to really be the forefront for that. Um, so I just hope she's out there. She's doing well. And she's, still, uh, you know, I'm just gonna say she's still alive because I haven't heard it anything other but i hope that she's still out there um fighting for her sister legacy and and just doing well because she seems really great like a Same really great thing. person she is um i met her back at that music festival that i told you that i met black yeah she was she also performed at that festival too because the festival was honored for um lisa left the ilo pass so um, I think it was called a Left Eye Low Pass Music Festival or something like that. So that's how I ended up meeting her. Sweetheart, to wrap her ass off. I really hope that she's still continuously doing music. So maybe that'd be another homework assignment for us to see what she's doing now. Because um, she she definitely has, a like, when you see her, you see the Left Eye. 100%. Like it's, it, 100%. Down to the fashion. Like down to Literally. the core of the physical appearance. Like you see left eye, like, you know, that's her baby sister. 
And it, it's just it's just amazing when you hear her rap, it's almost as if left eye is in the room because she raps just, if not like her, just the same. Just the same. And it's it's she's a sweetheart. She's she's definitely a sweetheart. Amazing that you met her <laughs> too. Yeah, I mean. That that's what I love about Atlanta is you just meet people. I can't tell you how what event. I just know I met her. Yeah. like that. I, I met all of them. Chili, I met Chili. I met T Boz. I met Black. I met all of Left Eye people. Her Rain. I met 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 all of them. Um, I wouldn't say I met Chili. Chili, I don't see a couple of times. Chili be shopping at Macy's yeah, and Saxfield Avenue. Chili just be out, be out here. Uh, T Boz either be at a restaurant or at an industry event. You know, so that's how I seen her. You Which know, one? They, at a restaurant or industry event? Both. Yeah. I've seen her more than once. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing with chili. I've seen it more than once. <laughs> um, yeah, chili. I'm... Chili doesn't want to be seen, so she's always wearing sunglasses. Versus T Boz, she's just out here. She's just be out here. Mm-hmm. I was. I don't know why Chili treats herself that way, because why she's she she talks about how she wants a man, and yet she hides herself in public. I understand that she's a celebrity, but you know you're. A, you, she's not an Atlanta celebrity but she is an Atlanta celebrity and I just feel like you shouldn't always have to hide yourself you know we know it's you girl you've been wearing like the same hairstyle for years now like girl we know your face your skin tone girl we know how short you are you you know what you're back that's what it is you're back you're back you're back you're you you are back you're back. <laughs> you acting like me on the last episode. We was together. girl. I was just was like, I just talked so much shit on that episode. I don't know why. You did. You did. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, I really hate that our I hate and love that I first what you call it um an in an inaugural. Um, on this day in music is as sad as Lisa left I low passes death. But I love that in the flip side that she is kind of our first person that we're talking about because why fucking not? So yeah. Next also on this day, Ella Fitzgerald was born. Hmm. Ah, I love Ella, Ella Fitzgerald. You gotta, if you love jazz music, you have to know Ella Fitzgerald. I hope that our demographics of this show does not be like, huh, who's that? <laughs> but I mean, you should know who Ella Fitzgerald is. She's part of Black history, y'all. But it's cool. What year was she born? Do you know? You don't never escalated her age. I wasn't escalating her age. I just want to know when she was born. You don't never escalated her age. Okay. <laughs> well, she was born on this day. She was born on April the 25th. She's a Taurus. Shout out to the Taurus people. <laughs> love them. Love them. You know why I love them so much currently at this stage, but I love them. I've always loved Taurus. They literally are like the sister and brother of Cancers, in my opinion. 
The men are Girl, trash. Women, the women are fucking I would amazing. Assume, the women are amazing. My man is amazing. So, <laughs> Girl, you're a cancer. Everybody's amazing not, to you while you like them. And that's no tea. I'm just saying. I I went through so much shit with spite, uh, uh, Scorpios, but I still feel like they're amazing people. Look, I'm Scorpio rising. Yeah, Scorpios are Scorpios. I, and you know, I had my you know a few ends with you, Capricorns, a few times, but I still, y'all still on top three. I You're hope you ain't talking about that one, Miss Mamas. No, I'm talking about I'm including my grandmother, my brother, oh. you, and Isha. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> not that one time. No, I'm including all of that. I I don't even think I've ever actually dated a Capricorn either. And it's funny because people always say ca- cancers and Capricorns are like perfect love couple. But I I I that's what they say. To, that's what they say. But I we're good friends. We're great friends. Great friends. Y'all so great friends. And and as far as having a big brother who's a Capricorn is amazing. Having a grandmother is amazing who's a Capricorn. Having a, a, a best friend, you, amazing. Having a talent manager as a Capricorn, amazing. And then I'm also a Capricorn moon. So I get I you. Everybody guys. need a Capricorn in their life. Oh, they do. And if you hate on a Capricorn, then I hate, I, I really hate life for you. I, if you hate on a Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn, I really hate life for you, to be honest. I mean, the Taurus, anyway. <laughs> I don't know, girl. That's your experience, not mine. <laughs> because you're a cancer. Plus, you can't depend on one person. I'm sure it's one person that you're talking about, as usual, to <laughs> anybody who thinks that a sign deserves death upon them. I didn't say death. Hold on. That's what I said. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say, say stone them to death, girl. I just said they're trash. This is the Alice in Wonderland, baby. <laughs> Coming up with all types of shit. Um, anyway, what's your what's your favorite Lisa Left Eye Low Passes feature song? Or song? I know mine's. Oh, future. Um, say what, say what, say what. Yes, I like it, baby. Yeah, I love that song. I it's think when she like, come out the, she's walking down the fucking hallway with that fucking cake. Yeah, she did great in that video. She did okay. really. Excellent. That's the song we're about to play. We're gonna okay. Play. Awesome. So that is on this day in music. We're about to play some music, and we'll be right back. Um, for new music. <laughs> Speak. I spoke on this last week. Did you did you have a chance to listen to um the invitation, a conversation with God? Did you have a chance to listen to the invitation, a conversation with God? Yes, I, I have. About it. I spoke it on it last episode. Okay. Yes, I have. That you said you listened five times. I did not listen to that record five times. I listened to a song. I'm talking about the episode, last episode. You said you listened five times, so you heard yes. me say five times. I listened to Latasha Scott's album. Yes, I'm just coming back as if I don't know nothing, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I listened to it. It's a really good record. It's actually a really good record. 
you know, she's still doing those E's and I's, you know, them tire runs like Candy said she was doing. But you know what? It's a really good album. I It's hard to detect whether it's an R&B album or a gospel album. It's just, it's a contemporary R&B gospel album, in my opinion, you know? Well, that's, a, that's a wonderful new genre you just created, or I guess Latasha yeah. created, huh? It's always been invented, though, because I feel like Kirk Franklin is an R&B gospel album, you know, an artist, or Mary Mary is a gospel R&B artist, you know? But, you know, I, I think it's a really good album. Would I feel like she go far? I don't know. I'm not really sure how people are picking up on this project um, after all of the controversy that she was dealing with. <laughs> but, you know, it got, it got, it got attention because that song, um, Afraid, and the album itself was on top of the Billboard charts for the gospel. So, you know, she must be doing something right. So shout out to her on that album. No shame. Um, what other gospel is on charting anyway? <laughs> it was you gotta it was, pay you gotta pay attention to the gospel albums, babes. <laughs> okay, she's <laughs> hello to me. Um, her sister actually dropped a speaking of new music, her sister Tamika Scott dropped a new song with Method Man called Tonight. Ooh, now that now that I heard yesterday and I've listened to the song two more times more than I listened to LaScott's Tasha's album. And I think that's been out for a month. So I think I listened to Latasha Scott's album twice. I probably listened to Tamika Scott's song three or four times. So hmm. I just I just just listened to it right before we started our recording. It sounds she sounds wonderful and you know, we love us Samantha Man, you know. You know, I think that's actually I I didn't I never knew she was gonna come out with her own music. I don't think you know she what? ever even spoke about that. Did she speak about that? She never spoke about it, but I also when I went to actually like find the song, she had a song on was it Daddy's Little Girl? Tamika Scott? Yes. Which, which was surprising. Like, I didn't know that, you know, that she had any standalone tracks. I, I mean, I guess it's just like a few, but that is still amazing in itself. I think Tamika Scott has a wonderful voice, as do her sister. Um, and I want whatever Tamika Scott wants for herself, career-wise. Yes, me too. Me too. You know, I she like I said, she's been on a lot of records from what I heard. Or she her 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 voice is in several songs. Um, I, I don't think that none of the songs are like popular, like it's not something that I can play. But you know, Daddy's Little Girl, you know, would probably be like the biggest record right now that she probably has. But yeah, she has like her own standalone stuff. Um, she came out with her own EP. Um, she came out with this EP called um, Family Affair. Recently? Um, no, not recently. Well, I guess you can't say this recently. August 2022. I don't recently. know. It is recent. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So she, she's always done like her own music, her own, you know, thing. And, um, you know, she got some connections. Because she did a song with Oshun. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. And she did a song also with Q Parker on this EP as well. 
Oh, wow. So, okay. Hmm. Yeah, she's bringing out the big dogs. She's bringing out big dogs and unique artists um, to this platform of her music. So I wonder that's why was she else she would have been able to get if she had her 30,000. <laughs> she probably could have got a Beyonce feature. She probably was only 30,000 short. Wow. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> Sucks for her. Sucks for her, but not, I, I mean, not in a bad way, but I mean, she, you know, it, you, I'm going to continuously make this announcement. Natasha, girl, you and your husband, Rocky, please get her back that money, please. It's just $30,000, girl. I'm sure you made $30,000 already with your album. Are just we? give it back to her. Are we? I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm trying to give her hope. Here, you know, this is a Christian album. I'm trying to Chloe sold ten thousand, and she has a sold out tour. I don't think Latasha Scott got a sold out tour or a tour. I'm praying, and she said she's gonna pray about it. I'm gonna pray about it. I'm gonna pray about if if this if this works for her. You know, so like I said, hopefully she gets she has a thirty thousand dollars enough to pay her sister back because that's terrible imagine me and Tajay was sitting here fighting on Twitter about some money I actually you know, who, will, who will be the person to take the $30,000 I would like to know what you say who would have been the person to take the $30,000 I would like to know I don't know Fred but I hope it ain't you because Tajay definitely was going to try to shoot you <laughs> I hope it ain't you <laughs> I, I think my brother would be the person to take the $30,000. I do, because and if you took it, he would shoot you. Absolutely. And on top of that, <laughs> on top of that, <laughs> I'm not putting my brother's business out here. Though. I think I mean, we should move on. My <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it was just $5. <laughs> but oh. I has taken $5. He ain't gonna scare my ass for no damn $30,000. But if this was Tamika thought the same I, thing, huh? Yeah, that's true. That could be a Tamika, and I am the little brother, just like she's a little sister. So <laughs> put two and two together. <laughs> wow. Shout I'm out to thinking you, about some, I love you. I'm thinking about some separate tea about me. Well, not about me, but about somebody. And I'm like, damn, that big sister stole from the little sister. Nobody <laughs> steal from me. Before. Nobody steal from me because you're going to jail. Uh, moving on, one of my <laughs> favorite artists who I've been hara politely harassing on social media and letting him know that whenever he wants to release music, we're ready to receive it. And he finally answered my prayers this year. Um, Subtract, spelled S-B-T-R-K-T, released a EP on the beginning of this month and I've actually forgot to tell you guys about it. So much has been happening. But the EP is called LFO. It features Sampha. So we got some new music from Sampha. It features yes. it features Tarot Yamo. And I want to pronounce this as Tizo Touchdown, who is featured on the Don Tolliver album. Also, the Don Tolliver album is really good. And I'm going to see it on tour. Please go see it and join me if you're going. I'm not telling y'all what state because y'all could be stalkers. But anyway. Um, <laughs> LFO by Subtrack is out. If you don't, if you're not familiar with Subtrack, 
he has music with um dram he has music with rory he has like music tons of music with fucking sampha i think he has a track with jesse Ware. like i fucking love this man so check it out um his new music is out i'm definitely going to check that i actually did not know that so i'm glad that you put that in the music news i'm definitely going to check that out because i love his music as well especially that song that he did with jesse Ware. I love that song. Go on, sir. Yeah, girl, I know. <laughs> I know. So he, never mind. I'm not going to say what I said. <laughs> Another artist who uh, <laughs> I love, Q, just pronounced Q, um, released a few songs from his upcoming album called soul presents um i haven't had a chance to listen to any of the music but it just released recently this past week i believe so check that out if you're not familiar with q i will also plug some of that up on the show today so you can get familiar with his work um yeah last but not least is swiss beats i guess he gotta figure out how to pay for that mercedes benz that he just bought alicia keys but he released a new album as well last week called Hip Hop 50, Volume 2. Have you ever listened to Swiss Beats music? No, I just know a lot of the music that he's produced, but I've never actually like sat down on an album that he made. And honestly, I like how he produced. I think I should really get into his discography. I'm actually going to listen to this album because as I bring this up... Um, he got Nas on there, Jada Kids, Lil Wayne, Fazio Foreign, Little Dirt, J Electronica, and A Boogie with the Hoodie. So it's some really great people on this yeah. album. Um, so I'm definitely gonna check it out and let you all know what I think about it next week. Yes, and also our amazing friend Rob Milton had came out with a record called with um Peter Sun. Um, Peter Sun is actually somebody new that I'm learning also as well. So shout out to you, Peter Sun. I'm actually going to check out your music also as well, since you are doing a record with Rob Milton, our friend. But um, he came out with a brand new song with Peter Sun called Wake and Bake, a 420 song. Super dope. Neo Soul vibes. I love it. Definitely. It's a, a amazing record. I love it very, 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 very much. And so I'm ready also for another Rob Milton project. I'm always ready for a Rob Milton project. I consistently stay playing Rob Milton's music all the time. Hopefully he's receiving the coins because I am streaming my ass off of Rob Milton all the time. So um, yeah, shout out to him. We love you, Rob. You know what's crazy? I can't remember if I've ever seen Rob Milton live. And that's that baffles me. Um, he doesn't perform out there, in LA. He does. He does perform. That's my touchdown performing. <laughs> one thing about oh. one thing about Rob Milton <laughs> be performing. But no, just like this month alone, just has been super busy. It's just like a moment of like vulnerability. I I asked myself a lot this month. Why the hell would you release a radio show? and be so busy this month like this was like this has been the busiest month of the year for me and has been one of the busiest months since probably the summer 
in general for me, like just work and work-wise. I'm just say work-wise. So I just, I've been working every time he's had a show. I haven't had an opportunity, but my schedule is freeing up a little bit more um, next, at the end of this month, but I'm back on the road. I'm back on, you know how I do y'all. If I'm, if I'm not at work, I'm traveling. But since my work schedule is freeing up, I'm going to get a chance to be able to see Rob Milton live and a few of my other friends that actually perform around LA. So I'm excited about that. As well as the song. Shout out to you, Rob. I need to really actually see Rob perform too, because I heard that his vocals be top A1. Oh, the mic is performing. on. Mm-hmm. I heard. I heard. I heard. Oh, you know, shout out to him. We love Rob. We're always gonna love you, Rob. Yeah. Anything else that you've been listening to, like in general this this past week? Not really. You know what? I've actually been in my Neo Soul bag. So I've been just really just reconnecting with a lot of music this week that I probably there's usually into, you know, what I'm usually into currently um, and all of that. I just I discovered an artist named Baby Mama, maybe Mother. I've heard I discovered her. Yes. Actually, I discovered them weeks ago. But I've actually finally like listened to the full discography and <laughs> I love her. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. I love her. Um and that's really about it. You know, like there's I know that there's um also the new Ice Spice and Nick Minaj song. Um it has a ring to it. I'm starting to like it. Um, but you know, um, it takes me a while to like a brand new main, mainstream song. Um, but I think the video that they came out with is phenomenal. I mean, the production is like A1, like amazing. It's like a whole step up from what uh, Ice Spice um, did. And, you know, shout out to Nicki Minaj because she's the one who probably was behind the reason for that particular reason. Um, you know, for the music video to be pink you know, ish, because that's right up Nicki Minaj's alley. But hey, it could also be Ice Spice's favorite color, too. I don't know. But I've listened to that. Um, other than that, I really don't have any other new music that I've listened to. I've just been retracking albums all over again. And, you know, I retract actually one of your favorite albums, which is the uh, Share My World by um, Mary J. Blige. That is one of my favorite albums in the whole entire world. I think that mm-hmm. album is pure perfection. Um, yeah, that's just a perfect-ass album. Yeah, and other than that, I just have, like, my regular music that I always listen to. And I'm still listening to that unreleased record by uh, Sad Baby and Solange. Uh, I found it on SoundCloud. <laughs> so now I'm really listening to it consistently all over again. I don't know if that song would actually be an official song that would come out. I mean, if it got linked and it got linked, like, didn't it get linked on like Christmas or the day after Christmas? It's just, I, and it's April. I just, I just feel like it's not going to officially be released. And I hope, you know, so as you know, I sometimes hate listening to music by you that doesn't give you monetary 
But, you know, I'm a fan and I'm going to do everything that I can to get to the music. And, you know, and I keep hearing that it's actually Fat Baby's song and Solange is just featured in it, although Solange is singing mostly on the record. So, um, I don't know. Going back to what we were saying earlier about her selling that condo, I, yeah, uh -huh. I feel like we're, we're, we're approaching a whole nother phase of Solange coming out with new music. So... Also, what I was going to say is Keisha Cole is actually in the recording studio. She's going to be recording new music also as well. And, and you know, I love Keisha Cole. I wouldn't know <laughs> what she's doing because I'm blocked. So I wouldn't know what she's doing or whose studio you she's in blocked. because I'm, I'm, I'm blocked. You are blocked, but she didn't say it on her Twitter. She, um, I think somebody came out with a news article. Um, I would have to recheck my sources, but I saw it literally like the other day, and some somebody said that she's recording new music. So, oh, and let me also state about the K. Michelle new record because people was you asked me that question. How do I feel? I actually am liking <laughs> where the dick land. I actually like the record. I do. I got to give K. Michelle her props. I went through her discography. And I started with How Many Times. Because that was the first song that I fell in love by K. Michelle. She was singing in the middle of the street with that blue wig on. Yep. And then I ended wig. up liking, you know, No Fuss Given mixtape. And, you know, then I started listening to each album. And... Hey, Michelle is a really good artist, okay? And I can see why people defend her and what she does, but the bitch still confuses me as far as the whole country and R&B perspective. Like, From she came out with that country song with that artist, and to me, it still sounds like an R&B record. I thought that she was supposed to come out with a full country album, but it's Seems as if this project that she's coming out with is mixtures of R&B and country. And she's on a whole nother record label. She's not with Atlantic anymore. So this also lets you know that she now has the freedom to do more of the country music side because of that. But I'm still confused, like, what the hell she's doing. And also her country name is Puddin. Did you know that, that her country name is Puddin? Kimberly Puddin or Puddin? Um, but, you know, I that first song that she came out with, I'm sorry, girl. <laughs> girl, that song was you, girl, that song was not hit. But Where the Dick Land, I like that song. I, I love that song. I love that song. And, you know, I'm expecting another great K. Michelle album, to be quite honest. So we will see. We'll see. We'll see if I talk about you or I won't talk about you. But you know what? I, you know, K. Michelle, you really do be having some songs, girl. And I, you know, I just be, girl, I be shading you. But, girl, you got to stop confusing bitches like me. Because the more you confuse bitches like me, the more I want to talk shit about you. But, Girl, you you know you're a great musician. You know you're a great singer. Um, that's really all I have to say. When I go to a concert by K. Michelle, I heard she talks too much in her concerts. That's what I heard. 
I've heard many people say that. So I'm always like on the 50-50 edge. Should I go to her concert or not? But, you know, maybe I'll buy a ticket. Wow. Well, that literally is the end of the show because hell has frozen over and I want to just go ahead and get in the bed so I can go out like the people in Titanic in my bed because hell is freezing over. You really gave K. Michelle her props. Wow. And you listened to her music. Did she I pay did. you? Every... Are you taking bribes from K. Michelle? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you going to play the song? Are you going to play it at the end? I think you should. We should end this with Where the Dick Land. I haven't heard it. But sure. You need to listen to it. Yes, please play it. It has a good produce track on it. Also, I also found out about that song. There is an Atlanta artist who had co-wrote on that record. Um, Ooh, his name magic? is Monday. No, his oh girl, don't you speak his name on this recording? <laughs> no, his name is Monday. Rob knows who Monday is. Corey James also knows who Monday is. Monday, he's a songwriter. He's a co-songwriter for Where the Dick Land and um, Where the D Land, but we know where the D Where the Dick Land. And so um, he shared it on his social media the other day. And so shout out to you, um, Monday, for, you know, co-writing this record. I know this is a phenomenal hit uh, for you. Um, and I I have to share the music news of why I'm even congratulating Monday, because I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but he went viral because Lotto and Saucy, uh, Saucy Santana left him out of one of the records that they did together. And he was there basically like helping them write the record and they ended up leaving his name off. And so there was a lot of controversy behind that. So shout out to you Monday for, you know, knowing that you still, you still are in this music business very strong, the phenomenal rapper, the phenomenal songwriter that you are. Um, you know, shout out to you. And hopefully I get to meet you one day because I really do want to meet you because I think you still live here in Atlanta, if I recall. But shout out to you. And that's really all that I have for today. I'm just still shocked about the K. Michelle thing. I think, I don't know if you're taking bribes or what is going on. But um, I love to see it. I hope if you're getting any, no, no, no. What, what, what rockets is, is Latasha calling kickbacks? If you're getting any kickbacks, let me know. We can bring all the kickbacks to the table. But if you're getting a kickback from K. Michelle, grass to you. But me too. That's she, it. I have nothing else I, to talk about. I told you I had to listen to her discography in order for me to, you know, really understand and. You know, I felt bad reading her, you know, on the very inaugural, you know, episode, you know, immediately, because I didn't know. I didn't know. She was just good. It's just a you song. I just did not like that you song at all. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? You could, I know you're more capable than this. Like, I like, come on, girl. VSOP, you know, um, girl, you, you better than this. Like, girl, 
But where the D, the D land, I, I definitely fuck with that record. So definitely shout out to you, K Michelle. You know, hopefully she doesn't find this and she reads the shit out of me. But you know what? I'm gonna let her read me. I will. I will let her read me. I, she's the only celebrity I let let read because I have said some shit about her that probably was not deserving. And you know, for the third episode, for me to say like. Yeah, girl, I give you your props. You know, you should love me. You should definitely love me. People can change. People sometimes just have to backtrack on your work. But, girl, you you have some phenomenal music, I hear, girl. And I can't lie about that, girl. I listen to you before I listen to the other girl. <laughs> so, you know, but I, you know... We love you. That's all I have to say. And that's about it, y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening to another episode of Solo Star Radio. It is your boys, Von Chows and DJ Avery West. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Solo Star Radio. Um, if you want to send some hate comments to me, my email address is Von at solostarradio.com that's v-o-n at solostarradio.com because I know that the girls are going to probably have something to say about what I have said on this episode and that's totally fine please bring the heat because I got you um, and if you want to you know you know take Caffrey on a date you can email him at k h a l r e at solostar radio.com um, <laughs> thank you remember if you want to listen to the show in its entirety you can do so on Spotify but you need to have a premium subscription to listen to all the songs in this completion if you don't have a subscription you can still listen to it on Spotify but only plays 30 seconds of the song you can also listen to the podcast version of our show without the music on all podcast platforms um, by searching Solo Star Radio. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Fuck Your Taco. That's F-V-C-K, Your Taco. Please, people, I don't know who these random people are that are trying to follow me on Facebook. Facebook is family and people I've met. If I've never met you, don't even try to send a friend request on Facebook. It's not going to happen. Yes, it's my personal close thing. Please don't. And same thing with me. You know, I I I don't I don't want I don't want child to be my friend. I, I I love I love people. I really do. But just follow me on Instagram and Twitter. You don't have to follow the same person on every single platform because sometimes our platforms are made for different things. And so yes, please make sure you follow Caffrey on Instagram and Twitter at Fuck Your Taco. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Von Marquise. It's B-O-N-M-A-R-K-I-E-S. Um, yeah, just follow follow us. And so don't don't touch the ad friend on Facebook because we're just gonna leave your ass there. One last question. And I'm literally gonna end the show on your answer. Um, so I'm just gonna ahead and warn you. So I hope you got everything out because I've got it out. Um do your man listen to K Michelle? Is he a fan? Yes, that's why I brought up the um and that is <laughs> why you changed your heart. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Please can I hold the mic? You can't. <laughs>